set up and caught out this stage with my own two hands. We've traveled this land, packed tight in minivans. And all this for the fans, girls, money, and fame. I played their game and had to scream my name. I will show no shame. I live and die for this. And if I come off soft, bitch, you on this. Are you scared? Greetings, Local 1700 brothers and sisters. My name is Louis Paul, Local 1700 president, and I am here with... Uh, this is Michael Spencer, your vice president. Yep, this is me, Polo. And this podcast, we are, uh, we've are got another guest speaker, and we're, we're happy to have him down here. We had to pull teeth to get him down here. He wasn't into this, but he's here with us, part of the team. We are here with Plant Shop Chair. Um, Shane Smith, Plant Shop Chair, Local 1700. Welcome, hey, Louis. Yeah, welcome, welcome Shane. Welcome. Hey, good to have you. Yeah. And just as a side note, um, I know Ryan dropped this thing last week on Friday, and we want to guys continue to build on that. So first thing, we're honored to have Shane down here. He's going to speak a little bit about his division. But we want to kind of keep this going every Friday. So we're trying to encourage everybody to tune into the podcast to get more information every Friday. It may be specifically about your department and division. It may be about issues throughout the plant or whatever hot topics is coming right there. It's just a way to keep everybody informed. Yeah, we're going to keep uh, keep guest speakers coming down here so they can talk about issues in their area. 99% of the time, if it's an issue in their area, it's plant-wide. So we're just trying to keep the membership involved and educated as much as we can. So hot topic, one of the hottest topics we got going on right now, Shane, in the plant. I know you're well-versed in it. Uh, what's going on is uh, some plant leveling. Uh, we got some plant leveling going on, so you can you explain that process and how it works, and then we'll bounce questions off of each other, because I know we're all getting calls about it, because uh, some of our brothers and sisters are getting leveled out of the premium departments. So Plant leveling usually occurs when there's a reduction in the workforce in an area, and since there was a dramatic amount of job cuts in the 2021 um, year, it's created some overall in some premium departments. Um, Mr. Spencer was the committee man last year in that department and can speak to a lot of cuts that were coming in paint, which now has put them to an overall condition. So you level the bottom seniority out into the department that has the need, which at this time is trim shop and chassis. Yeah, I mean, over in paint shop, and you're right, Shane. Um, they did start off in the paint and body shop. It was a, a brutal fight. We won some. We lost a lot, unfortunately, because... We kept putting out to the membership, hey, help us fight this battle. Yeah, and yeah. one of us, back to the work to right, work to rule, rule, <laughs> take that fumble. And the other one was, um, you know, just making sure your SWIs. But as you're right, if they eliminated jobs and painting body, it did create the overall situation. And now it's coming to fruitation over at other departments. So you're absolutely right about that. It's unfortunately, but we got to continue to fight to save these jobs. So 9190, um, is that the department you got? 9190 and what? I represent material and 9190 and 3331, which is the epics department. Okay, okay, okay. So I want to go to 9190 then because, you know, I just got leveled out. How do I get there? Um, you get there through a 66C. There needs to be a nutritional opening in the department that you're trying to get to. Attritional opening. What is no, an attritional opening? Big words. Come on, what's attritional? Come on, uh, say. Just reading what's in the contract. Okay. Um, an opening is if there's an RTR or authorized role for that department, once you're over, what's authorized for that department is what creates the leveling. You need to be under your authorized to create an opening, which you would pull off the 66C list to fill that opening. So, Shane, you're telling me that, like, I got 20 years in. I'm getting leveled out of wherever. I can't just displace somebody who's in 9190 less seniority than me. I see the seniority list. Why can't right. I displace this person? Absolutely not. You have to be in the department by 66E. It's, it's no different than if you shift preference and somebody on a shift is on a better job than you that already posted canvas to that job. You have no rights to that job because you have more seniority than the person that already canvassed to that job. you got to get in while there's the opening. So I basically just got to sit and wait my turn. 
Correct. Put a 66C in that last in the system for a year. So for those people putting the 66Cs in, um, and you, you don't move within a, a within a year, a 12 month from the day you put it in, make sure you stay on top of that and continue to put that 66C in and just wait your turn. And when you put your 66, 66C in, you're better off putting it for any shift because that way you're available for any opening on any shift because if the opening is created on third shift, only the people that have in for third shift get pulled. So if you have it in for first shift only and you're seeing movement on third shift, and you're saying, why didn't I get pulled? Because you didn't have it in for third shift. But once in the department, you can exercise a seniority bump to the shift you want to be on. So I'll just get into the department first and then see where get with my steward to see where my seniority can take me. Mm. Take Correct. Me to a better I, I understand now. That, that makes sense to me. Right. Thanks, Shane. Right. And then over at 9190, you also got materials, you said, right? Correct. So with materials, I know they got different routes. They got tuggers. They got high-load drivers. All that is one department. How is all that determined for us how we get what jobs? Because I don't know if they necessarily exercise. Do they exercise teams? Um, yes, we have teams, but they do not rotate. Okay, okay. And that's because everybody got to learn a dedicated route. Correct. Uh, to try to keep the line moving in, a, in an efficient way. All right. Any issues over there as far as uh, health and safety? Any issues over there? A lot of issues over there, but we're currently in the middle of what you went through last year in paint shop is where material is under attack for job reductions at this time. And I keep the stewards are diligent trying to fight it but what we find is our people are early at the turnstiles 15 minutes or double forking stuff to get jobs done earlier and as the ies walk through and they see all this free time we're helping them find ways to to cut jobs so we're basically giving the the okay like look look what i can do helping them speed the process up it's harder for the steward to fight that if the ie comes out there and sees it on the floor under work standards on page 41 of the national language the only Things that the stewards can fight with is safety, ergo, mix, and stuff like that. They can't fight when we're creating our own free time. Yeah, I know over in Body Shop, when I was a committee man in Body Shop, that was one of the conversations I used to constantly have with the uh, operators there. And I know why they did it. You know, they was trying to help each other out, that union solidarity. But I was trying to express to them, when you move a rack, when it came empty, when you pull from your rack and you're not pulling for the right rack, it creates these issues where IE is saying that, hey, you're doing it as an operator. I don't need that material driver. Well, you've, you've heard it in several of my shop committee reports at the at the local on Sunday for the union meetings. Your favor today becomes your job tomorrow. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Don't help them. No. Don't help them do the job that's on your man assignment and yeah. leave it at that. So let me ask you, um, you know, I heard everything you said, attritional. Is that the word? Attritional? attritional yeah, okay, yeah. Basically somebody either retired or they passed away, unfortunately, and that creates an opening. Um now I'm going to a department that I probably don't too much care for, right? And, and you said I have to put a shift preference bump? Yep. And that's to get to the shift so I can be able to do everything that accommodates my lifestyle. Yep. But as a shop chair, uh, I don't like my steward. I, I don't even deal with him. Can I call you? Because you're the shop chair, right? No. no. Oh, I, I can. Oh. Chain of command. Uh, and what chain, is that? Chain of command. We've talked about it for, for years now. So it's the steward of that department of division. I don't like him. Okay, then there's you can escalate it to your committee person. After your committee person, you don't like what he or she says, then you go to the plant shop chair. Then after that, then it makes it up to you and I, Mike. But it all has to do with what me just not liking them, or is it contractual? What is that policy or that language that you was talking to me about earlier? The policy, if you're speaking contractual, when it comes to policy, the policy is set by the committeeman in that division. Mm -hmm. People call me all the time saying I don't like the policy that was set. If you read the contract under committee persons, me as a shop chair has no authority to come in somebody else's division and change anything that's not contractual. If it's contractually being done incorrect, 
then it can get escalated through the chain to the shop chair, myself, or to Mike Spencer, the vice president, or Louis Paul, the president. But if it's just a policy that a committee person set in that area, that's the policy they set. Okay, okay, okay. Another question, um, shop chair. Another question is grievances. Um, a lot of times I've called my committee man, and he, he, uh, you got to give it to Stewart. I don't write grievances. Uh, do they not write grievances, or do they only write certain types of grievances? Because the grievance process starts where? Um, yes, Mike. All grievances are generated at the first step. The first step of the process is for the steward to have the conversation with management and hopefully resolve that grievance at the first step. If it's not a discharge grievance, that's the steward's responsibility. Once it becomes a discharge, the committeeman steps in and writes that grievance, hopefully with some briefs from the steward. So once the steward, Jay, I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to educate. So once the steward writes it, that steward doesn't win the case, then it automatically goes to the second step, which is the committee man, right? Correct. Which is the committee man. So then after the committee man, say the committee man can't solve it, then it goes to the third step, right, which is Mike and myself. If me and Mike can't arbitrate that case in a favorable way, we don't agree with the, the decision of the Labor Department, then we send it to the fourth step, which is the region. Okay. So just kind of educating people, letting them know this is how the process goes. Now, we all have talked about at the membership meetings as well as the executive board meetings that the grievance procedure is, is bogged down. Uh, and, you know, we should do it. We, I know we are going to actually do another <clears throat> podcast in the future, so please stay tuned to it about the the full detail of how that grievance process goes and the things that plays into it that may deter it from what the way the people imagine that it do go. So that's that's on our list. Yeah, some people think that filing agreements on Monday should be rectified by Friday. That's not well, the process. Filing agreements on Monday, management has five days to answer, and it has to get onto an agenda. <clears throat> And after that, the rest of the grievance process is outlined in the national contract, and everybody has access to the national contract either through the website or was handed one personally in the in the local. Yep, absolutely. So um, with the material drivers, and I know we had uh, some issues, and I, I remember you putting up a, 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 a heck of a fight as far as them not being updated in their licenses, and it's creating a health and safety concern. Um, what is that process? Because I'm a material driver, right? And I know my license expired. I haven't got any set date to go re to get them updated. But my boss tells me, my supervisor tells me, hey, go get on that tugger. What what should I be doing? At that point, you have to follow the order of the supervisor, but you should be contacting your steward. Okay. Because okay. technically, you're not supposed to be on equipment without a valid license. We went from over 600 invalid licenses and material. I think we're down to six. Yeah, we're six. We uh, went in the plant one night and kind of caused a little ruckus and and got the uh, plant manager staff involved, letting them know that we're not going to put up with this. So it, it got rectified fairly quickly. So we're, we're happy that that number's down low so we can be safe while we're in there driving our high-lows and tuggers. So it was a good one. All right, anything else going over there in 9190? Uh, I mean, is my overtime secure? I mean, I know you can't speak to the future because you don't know the future, right? But as a, a I status, you know, we kind of live off of I status. I mean, well, I status was when I left the building today at 900, but I'm assuming... With them canceling weekend production, we're going to start up on Monday close to the four or 500 range because we have all weekend to fix trucks. Okay, okay, okay. And, and when you say we're going to um, start up on Monday, I know you're talking about the following Monday that came up. But generally when we're down during the downtime, I know they bring us in. It seems like we always got to work when the plant is down, you know. And is that just the nature of the business for the repair people or what? It's the nature of the business. It's similar to team leaders once you're in a department. Or classification, the company has the right to keep you working if there's work in your class or your department. It's not that dissimilar to when the line goes home early, but body shop don't because they got to fill the bank. Or final goes in trim and chassis, you have to stay and fill the bank. 
is working in your department or in your classification, the company always has the right to keep you. All right. Well, my last question, Louis, is good, good information, information, but I got one more I just got to ask. Um, as it relates to the two weeks on, one week off, I know we continue to have an issue, especially with people in 9190. They constantly working, right? Always working. Does that apply to the, us in 9190? It applies to everybody in the plant. All you need to do is get with your supervisor and say, I've fulfilled my contractual obligation of not missing a day during the week, and I've worked the last two Saturdays, and I'm opting out of this third one. Even if I took FMLA doing it, do that fulfill it? Any absence from that day does not fulfill that. Correct. So you've got to be at work that whole week. Unless you take a PA day or a vacation day. Anything scheduled through the company, through your supervisor, you're excused. But if you take an FMLA day, miss a day, however the case may be, then you got to... There's still the debate of whether the call-in PA day, it has to be pre-scheduled. Yeah, I'm okay. still battling that. Well, while you're battling that, it's good to have the information so I don't fall in that loophole while you're having that fight. Hope you're successful in that fight, too. Um, I really do. With that being said, hey, this is a good podcast. Yeah, we're happy again to have Shane down here. Uh, he was a little reluctant, but, um, you know, he's here. And, he, and he's here to support the people. We all, when, when Mike came aboard as vice president, I stressed him about the importance of these podcasts. And we are starting to do more of them just to keep... The questions we get from the stewards and people on the floor, we're going to address them all here at these podcasts. Anything that we get at the membership meeting or at the executive board meeting, we're going to talk about here. Um, so we're happy to have Shane down here. Uh, I'm sure this won't be his last time down here, uh, but we're going to go through rotation and start bringing other committee people down here so we can talk about hot issues in their area. So uh, it was a good podcast, quick one. Yeah. But um, again, Shane, thanks for your time. Everyone be safe. Mike's got one more thing. I have one more thing. Hey, Mike's always going to have one more I'm thing. I'm always going to have one to add. Um, I just want to give an update, though. And this is not your, out of your area, Shane, but um, as a shop chair, I know you're well-versed and in, in, intimate into what's going on. The young man that was hurt in body shop about two weeks ago? Yes. I ended up talking to his steward uh, the other day. And he, I talked to him personally yesterday. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. The young man is home. Yes. He is doing better. Uh, we're going to continue to keep him in our thoughts and prayers. He's got a long recovery ahead of him. Um, and, and to take it one step further... The safety department, as well as management, still looking at that job about changing some things out. They actually added an additional head over there uh, until they can rectify that job and make it safe for all. So, but it's good to hear. And, uh, and he, he wanted me to express, and I promised him I would. That's why I kind of jumped in there, that he is so appreciative to all those folks that jumped in and helped him. I mean, he, he, he went over like 10 times when he was talking to me about the union love and the brotherhood and sisterhood that he received that day. And he just kept saying that he just personally wanted to thank each and every person that helped him. because And, and the people that actually went and reached out and talked to him since he's been there, because he's talking now. Yeah. But he he's, he wanted me to tell everybody that he really appreciated it, and that's what he felt like solidarity is all about, and he felt it that day. So we wish him the best, obviously. For sure, for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until the next podcast, everyone stay safe. Love you all. Be good. Deuces. Yeah.